0: Welcome to this episode of Syracuse Speaks, The View from the AHL, a Syracuse Crunch-centric podcast for raw charge. I'm your host, Alex Ackerman, and let's get started. It has been almost two months since we have gathered together for an episode of this podcast. And right off the bat, I just want to thank you all for your patience. I'm sure that the last two months or so have not been easy for many of you, and I know myself I have spent a lot of time still trying to wrap my mind around the state of the world and everything that has happened in the last couple of weeks, let alone the last couple of months. So I do appreciate your patience and it's really good to be back. I'm not sure why I decided to start this back up today. I just this morning felt like I had the bug again and thought that it was time to get some thoughts down and out of my head because they've been bouncing around for a while I don't have much that's new however there has been so much going on in the world of hockey and specifically in the world of the ahl since the last time we spoke together that i thought i could at least take some time to sit down and address what we know what we don't know and what things might look like moving forward first up what we know basically the ahl decided to cancel their season a month ago and it was pretty much a month ago to this date. I think it might have been a month ago tomorrow, but maybe that's why I suddenly had the urge to sit down and talk with you all again. It's been a month since the AHL canceled their season, and everything I have read since then has absolutely supported what the league has decided to do. We know that the NHL has teams that are starting to get back on the ice, but we also know that there have been NHL players as as late as just a couple weeks ago when a Pittsburgh Penguin player was diagnosed with COVID-19 that are still being diagnosed with this virus. So the NHL can do what it wants. The NHL has the money to do what it wants. But personally, I am honestly relieved that our league has made the choice to cancel. Some of the fans seem to be a little upset and confused over why this had happened, The fact is, this league is a league that depends on gate sales. This is not a television league. This league gets practically no revenue from television and very little revenue from streaming. Yes, the AHL does have its own dedicated streaming service now, which by all accounts is 10 times better than what AHL TV or whatever the heck it used to be called was But the fact is the majority of the revenue that these teams get, especially your independently owned teams like the Syracuse Crunch, comes from gate sales. The AHL is a gate-driven league, and I am sure that a lot of you probably have post-traumatic stress disorder from hearing the term gate-driven league as much as we did around this time a month ago. But it's the truth. The AHL depends on butts in seats and season ticket holder sales to exist. And without the ability to put butts in seats, the league can't play. I am actually kind of relieved that as a diehard fan, I don't have to make the choice of going to a game or risking my own health. And, you know, A lot of the times, too, for me, it comes down to not just my health, which honestly, although there have been cases that are scary of people around my age perfectly healthy, overall, I have been able to stay socially distant from people and relatively healthy during this whole time period. But I have a mom who is going on 70 this year and who was in the hospital about a year and a half ago with an infection and who also was a smoker and has some lung concerns. All of those things elevate her risk level to a point where I personally don't ever want to think, oh my God, she got this from me. However, stating that, it would have been really hard from the perspective of being a fan to decide not to go to a playoff game because of COVID-19. That would have been really difficult. I'm honestly kind of relieved that I don't have to make that choice. I am also relieved that our players, our front office staff, the coaching staff, and the people who work at the War Memorial also don't have to make that choice. They can stay as socially distant as they need to stay. They can stay safe and healthy, and we can continue to move forward and look towards next season. The NHL, as I said, is starting to play there's practices happening. I think they're in their own version of phase two. It's really getting kind of frustrating with all of these phases that are going around, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that's feeling this way. Businesses have different phases from the government, which has different phases from sports leagues, which it's, it's just there's a lot of phases going on right now if you're listening to this at some point in the future. But I think the NHL is in phase two right now, which means that players can start practicing. The Tampa Bay Lightning just posted on their Twitter the other day a quick video of the players getting back on the ice in a very empty Amale Arena. Great for them. I hope that they all manage to stay healthy, especially for not only their own sakes, but for their family's sakes as well. I don't feel like the risk right now to the players and their families is necessarily worth playing. I just don't. But I also realize that I'm not the one that stands to lose millions of dollars because of a closure. I don't get to make that choice. With the NHL going back to work, of course there is the opportunity perhaps for some of the players that were in Syracuse this past season to join the Lightning in the playoff hunt whenever that starts. I'm not Sure, I don't think that there's an actual concrete date yet for the playoffs to begin. I think that the league is kind of seeing how this phase goes, make sure that everybody stays healthy, and then we can go from there. When it's determined that this can move on, we'll probably see a couple of Crunch players joining the Lightning as quote unquote black aces. My guess is though that we will be seeing a much smaller group than usual. One, because there's a risk factor involved here that we've never had to deal with before. And two, I think that because it's so late and schedules are weird, I just think that we're going to see a smaller group than usual. As far as who might go up, my guess for defensemen, we might end up seeing Cameron Gauntz and Cal Foote make the trip to the Lightning. Gaunt saw some playing time with the Lightning, although he sometimes slotted in as a forward instead of a defenseman during his time there. But they might depend on him if they have some injuries. Calfoot, I think, is really going to be pushing to make the Lightning next season, and so it's very possible that they want to see him be a, be a member of the Black Aces, be there for practices. I don't know if he'll actually get any game time in I think that the Lightning would have kind of had to go off the rails for them to just throw him into a playoff game like that. But I could definitely see why they would want him to be soaking up the atmosphere, which is a phrase I know that we in the AHL love. But right now it doesn't really matter to us, so I can say it without irony. I could see why they would want him to be there right now. A long shot is probably Luke Wachowski, just, and I say that he's a long shot just because he didn't receive any of the call-up time that Cameron Gauntz did during this past season. Yes, Wachowski was with the Lightning for the beginning of the season, something we will touch on in a couple minutes in a different segment, but Gauntz was the one who got the call-up time later on in the season. So I'm kind of putting him at a long shot, but who knows, depending on how many people the Lightning think they need, depending on what it takes to get other players from overseas like Victor Hedman back into Tampa, they might end up needing more defensemen than they originally would have. So we're kind of going to have to see how that plays out. On the forward side of things, and I'll admit, I actually had to pause my recording and go back and take a look at our forward group because, man, my brain is just not thinking about this anymore. It's been a long time. I think that the players that we can be pretty sure will make an appearance in the Black Aces for Tampa, Matthew Joseph, He spent part of the year with the Lightning. There is no reason why they wouldn't want him around just in case, and he might even see some playing time. He certainly is at that level where he can handle it. Jamel Smith. And Corey Conacher is a possibility too. For long shots, I think that Boris Kachuk is someone that they might want there, soaking up the atmosphere. I think Alex Barre-Boulet is someone they might want there, soaking up the atmosphere. Alexander Volkov is someone that they could probably see having with them. But again, I am anticipating a slightly smaller group, so I definitely think Joseph, 100%, Jamel Smith. 100 percent. Boris Kachuk, Volkov, Conacher. Those are guys I could see kind of in that group that's sort of a possibility depending on how big the Lightning wants their roster to be and how many just in cases they want hanging around. As far as goalies go, I kind of think Scott Wedgwood is really the only viable option if The Lightning is looking to have an extra goalie hanging around. And I honestly don't see why they wouldn't, but like Spencer Martin isn't ready. And yeah, no. So if the Lightning decide to have an extra goalie, which they might not given the current circumstance, I think Scott Wedgwood is definitely the way that they're going to go, mostly because there's no other option. Fun times. Yeah, we'll talk about that too in a little bit. So, bottom line, yes, the AHL season is done, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Syracuse's players are done, and I certainly wish the Tampa Bay Lightning and whomever they call up from the Syracuse Crunch the best of luck in whatever this whole playoff situation is going to end up looking like, and it is a little weird because we don't know how long these playoffs are going to go, we don't know what this is going to look like. And I've actually seen a couple articles written that say that this might end up permanently altering the NHL schedule. By extension, it might end up permanently altering the AHL schedule. The AHL certainly has more scheduling conflicts than the NHL does, especially with AHL buildings that share space with NBA teams, so I'm not exactly sure if that is a possibility for this league, but as it's been with everything, there's still a lot of unknowns right now. Regardless, I wish the Lightning and the Black Aces that go up from Syracuse all the best, and I certainly have my fingers crossed for a lack of injuries and a lack of COVID-19 infections. is now the off-season for hockey, although as just previously discussed, it's not actually an off-season that looks like any other off-season we've known, at least in recent memory. The AHL is done. The NHL has just restarted. July 1st is three weeks away, and as far as I can tell, I've kind of asked around a little bit there is absolutely no information out there about what's going to happen with free agency. My guess, and this is the guess of, of those I have talked to, including my editor, Alan, over at Raw Charge, who has been very kind to continue to keep me in the loop, even though my paid position with that blog is now done. Basically, what we're figuring is that the NHLPA, the Players Association, is currently negotiating with the league on free agency and contracts and what's going to happen come July 1st, because usually July 1st is the start of NHL free agency. Contracts run until the end of June. If they are over, they are over and done with. Obviously, with the NHL playoffs still aiming to happen, This kind of muddies the water a lot. There's no real way to dance around this. So what's going to happen with NHL free agency at this point in time is still really super up in the air. My guess is eventually there will be players who are free agents, whether it happens in August, whether it happens in September, October, who knows. But there will be players in the Lightning organization that will be free agents. How will this affect Syracuse? If we're looking at how many slots the Lightning might have available, on the forward end of things, the only unrestricted free agent that the Lightning is looking for in next season is Patrick Maroon. They have three restricted free agents and Mitchell Stevens, Anthony Sorelli, and Carter Verhage. The Lightning has generally had a pattern of resigning restricted free agents, and I don't see why any of those three will be let go. So really, the only forward slot the Lightning might be looking at is Patrick Maroon's slot. And I'm pretty sure that they've probably already put, or at least written in in pencil, either Alexander Volkov or Alex Berry Boulay into that spot. Obviously, the Lightning tend to play around with position somewhat, so we don't have to worry that much about center versus winger because John Cooper never seems to mind playing players out of position. So, depending on how training camp shakes out, whenever training camp is, that's kind of what we're looking at there. On the defenseman side of things, stuff gets a little bit more muddy. So, for unrestricted free agents, the Lightning has Kevin Shattenkirk, Zach, oi. <laughs> Bogosan, Yeah, sorry. Don't know. But I did my best. And Luke Shen. I have no idea what their plans are there. The Lightning's blue line has really kind of been in flux over the past couple of seasons. And looking at those in Syracuse that might slot up, really, you got Cal Foot. So I don't really... Something's going to have to be done there. I really don't see where the Crunch has enough stock for the Lightning to pull up blue liners to fill all of those holes. Granted, some of those players might be re-signed, like someone like Luke Shen might end up back with the Lightning, Kevin Shattenkirk, who knows. I'm not going to try to say Zach's name again, but some of those players might end up being back. But as of right now, those are the potential holes we're looking at with the Lightning roster. Of course, there could also be an off-season acquisition that's made whenever the off-season actually happens. Something's going to have to give there because there's just not enough stock down in the AHL to fill the holes that they're going to have at the NHL level. As far as restricted free agents go, they have Mikhail Servachev and Eric Chernak. I don't see either one of those being let go. I'm pretty sure that they will be re-signed. Thankfully, on the goaltender end of things, the lightning is good. They have Andre Vavaleski and Curtis McElhenney. Those are both signed through 2021. We don't have to worry about it. Vavaleski is tied up for much longer than that, but for right now, we're just looking at next season. So they're good to go. On injured reserve or buried, we do have Jan Rutta, who could be a Possible defenseman ready to slot up if he can get himself healthy. I'm not exactly sure where the process is in that. He will be an unrestricted free agent next season, but clearly the Lightning has liked what they have seen in Rutta's development. So it's very possible that they go ahead and re sign him if they think that he's going to be healthy enough to be able to make a difference. There's also goaltender Mike Condon that is currently buried in the minor. He will be a UFA next season. I honestly do not see him getting re-signed by the Lightning organization. He didn't really work out this past season, so I just don't see that happening. That's kind of the good news and the bad news. The good news is on the forward side of things, the crunch is probably pretty secure as far as losing players to call-ups go. On the defense side, something's going to have to give somewhere. Now, let's turn to what, for our purposes, is the important part. What is the crunch roster looking like for next season? Restricted free agents, we have Volkov, Ross Colton, Dennis Yan, Matthew Joseph, Jamal Smith. I don't see any of those restricted free agents being let go. I think that the Lightning is satisfied with the majority of their development so far. And I think that they've been really happy with what they've been seeing. I'm pretty sure that they will all be re-signed at some point. The only thing that might come into play here is the Lightning's cap situation. That could possibly cause some issues with trying to retain everybody. The big, huge, red, flashing, unrestricted free agent that the Crunch has at forward next season is Corey Conacher. And being brutally honest... I think the writing on the wall is there that Conacher will be moving on. There is always that rumor that Swiss teams are interested in him and that he has chosen to re-sign with them. That has floated in and out for Conacher's entire North American career. I don't see the Lightning signing him to another $700,000 contract. I really don't. And I realize that the Lightning did that to protect Conacher from waivers, and I just don't see that happening again. Maybe I'm wrong, and I I hope to be honest that I am wrong, just because it's going to be really hard to say goodbye to Conacher. He has been a huge part of the team the last couple of seasons, and he was an incredible piece to the 2016-17 team that was probably the one that created the most recent memories in Crunch fans' minds, at least, because that was the last team that went the farthest in the playoffs. However, I think Conacher has seen that his NHL window is pretty closed, and if he wants to continue to make some good money I don't see how we can begrudge him going over to Europe and finishing out his career over there or playing a couple seasons over there and then maybe finishing out one more year in the minors over here or whatever he decides to do. If he does move on, it's going to sting. He's been great for this community. He's been great for this team, but I honestly don't see him sticking around. So that'll be the one big veteran that the Crunch is looking to lose this offseason. The other big veteran that the Crunch is in position to lose this offseason is Cameron Gauntz. So when we turn our attention to the blue line, the unrestricted free agents we're looking at are Patrick Seeloff and Cameron Gauntz. Patrick Seeloff has been a great addition to the team. I have no complaints about him, but I don't mind if, if he is not brought back. I would really like to see Gauntz brought back to Syracuse and not just because he's one of my favorite players on the team currently, but because I think he brings a lot to the dressing room. I think he brings a lot to the fans and I think that he is the perfect example of an AHL veteran that you want at this level. I think that he is a force on the ice. I think that he presents that veteran potential call-up fill-in space for the Lightning should they need it next season. And I would just really hate to see him in the uniform of another AHL team. So I'm really hoping that they retain Gaunts and that they offer him another contract, whether it's for a year or two. I would prefer to just to make sure he's here, but I really hope that they bring him back. When we turn to our restrictive free agents, we have Devonte Stevens, Ben Thomas, and Dominic Machine. I don't see the Lightning giving up on any of those guys. I'm sure that they are not going to give up on Machine or Thomas, although I wouldn't be surprised if they only offer them a show me contract of maybe a year or two, because I also don't think that either one of them are where they wanted them to be at this point in their careers. Thomas and Machine have pushed past their entry-level contracts and are really entering that kind of show-me phase of their career. And they need to show it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. Devontae Stevens, maybe the Lightning might let him go, but... Being honest, like I said, their general trend has been to retain restricted free agents. I could see him coming back. Whatever. Turning to goalies. (laughs) We have basically nobody under contract for the AHL next season. The Lightning did sign Clint Windsor, who is a goalie who has been with Syracuse's ECHL team, Orlando. For the past season, and he is a goalie that the Lightning has kept an eye on now for a while. He was invited to the Lightning's prospect camp. He's been invited to their preseason camps. He's been someone the Lightning was clearly pegging as a potential signee for later on down the season. My guess is he will still be in the ECHL, however. Syracuse needs goalies again. As we remember, last off season we needed goalies then too. By the end of the summer, we had six or seven—I don't even remember—in the organization. It was crazy. Fine, whatever. I am not necessarily concerned, but it is just a little worrisome in general that we continue go to go into these off seasons without net minders nailed down for an extended period of time. I would like to see the Lightning settle on a healthy veteran. No offense to Wedgwood. I like him a lot personally. I think he works hard, but it's really difficult with a goaltender who is so prone to injury to continue to see him be injured over and over again throughout the course of a season. So maybe they feel that he'll be staying healthy. Maybe they feel it's not going to be a problem. We'll have to see where that goes. Off season ends. We have a team. We're ready to go. Free agency has supplied what we need. The lightning roster is penciled in on paper. Things are good. When can we expect to see hockey again? I've been paying special attention to what The Crunch's owner, Howard Dolgan, has had to say on this topic. He has been on with Brent Axe Media on ESPN Syracuse a couple of times since the AHL postponed the season and since the AHL canceled the season. And from what I understand, based on what he has said, I really don't think we will see hockey back until after the holidays. So, Dolgan has said a couple of times that he could see the season being delayed until November, December, or maybe even January. Honestly, I'm really leaning towards January as to when we will see a new AHL season start. And I know that that's not good news. I know that that seems an awfully far away eventuality as we look forward from June, which is when this is currently being recorded but that's the reality of the situation. As of right now, where I live in New York State, we are slowly inching towards phase three of the reopening process, which basically means that indoor restaurants and other venues like that can open at 50% capacity. Sports venues and teams, as far as letting fans through the doors, that's not even in consideration right now. That is far off in phase four, but as Mr. Dolgan has said several times in several different interviews, the safety of the fans and the front office staff and the players comes first, and he doesn't see us being able to get back into the War Memorial really until a vaccine is out there, and he hasn't necessarily said that specifically, but he targeted January for the potential return of the AHL, which is right about the time when a vaccine is projected to be available to the general public. I don't think that's a coincidence. Dolgan has said several times that the team and the league will be looking at the best science available as to what they need to do. He has said that the War Memorial might open with 50% capacity, but that there's really no way the team can see opening at this point in time with anything that has to be smaller than that. So you're probably talking season ticket holders and then maybe a couple lucky few that might end up getting through the door for games. This is what we're dealing with. And I know it's hard to hear and I know it's tough, but I don't want anybody, whether they're a fan, a player, or a family member of a fan or a player or the front office staff or their family members to be put in danger just for a hockey game. And I know that we love this sport. And I know that this is where our focus and our passions are. But we need to also take care of each other. And I think that that has been the biggest message that I have taken from both the COVID-19 situation and the current protests and things that are going on right now. We need to take care of each other. We need to start taking care of each other. And full disclosure, yes, I am going to start getting very slightly political from this point on, you are more than welcome to turn this off. But I absolutely welcome you to stay and to listen. Because it just feels weird to me to make this kind of a podcast without addressing all of the protesting and everything that is going on in this country right now. And again, If this isn't what you want to hear right now, and believe me, I completely understand being overwhelmed and needing to take care of yourself. I have muted a couple of my dear friends on Twitter simply because that's all they do all day long is retweet all of the awful news that's out there about COVID-19 and everything that's going on. And I totally get that there comes a saturation point where you just can't take it anymore. So please take care of yourself. And please just allow me this time to say, Black Lives Matter. People of color matter. And we have been ignoring that as a country and ignoring the situations that silence them for too long. And I honestly think that sports are a wonderful place to start with forging the relationships that are going to help us push this point of activism into action and actually seeing policies and ideas change in this country because it's relationships with people. It's caring about other people that are going to get us past this point and into something that really makes a difference in people's lives. And at the end of the day, that's what is being asked for something that makes a difference in people's lives. I've done a lot of listening over the past couple of weeks, and I don't want to have this turn into some kind of virtue signaling or anything, but I do really strongly believe that the relationships we make with people of color, whether they are players, whether they are fans, whether they are front office staff, it matters. And that is what will help us move forward as a country, and we desperately need to move forward as a country. And so I hope that you have stayed through. I hope that your ears and your heart are open right now if they need to be, because people are talking and we need to listen. Even when it's hard, even when it's challenging, we need to listen. Thank you and take care of each other out there. Hopefully we'll be able to get back to a more consistent schedule for this podcast as we look towards whatever the offseason is going to end up being and whatever player signings we see in our future well i think that's going to do it for this episode i'd like to thank eddie for the royalty free track pure adrenaline our intro music and springtide for their track we are heading into the east our segment music as always thanks so much for listening and feel free to send me any questions comment or feedback either at my twitter at alovimo, A-L-L-O-V-I-M-O, or over on Raw Charge. See you next time.